you perform as much as you possibly can. But the first thing is that you have to understand the rhythm of a show and what makes the rhythm of a show successful. Because if you just take in 45 minutes, say you're going to get eight tricks. If you just take your eight favorite tricks, there's absolutely nothing that says that will make a good show. They might be all great openers or all great middles or all great closers, but understanding the rhythm of what makes a show. They're guys. They do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. I like it, Doug. Good magic. We another tax, another tax write off. We've done the magic, now we can leave. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to episode 86 of The Magic Guys, where we talk magic, answer your questions, and Doug looks cool as a cucumber. How you doing, Doug? Uh, I'm cool as a cucumber, obviously. That was Maybe your cue I- to... You got the appearing sponge cucumber, right? That was your... That was if your you cue. could only see the cluster pho that I'm looking at right now. I didn't mm. get the note on the sponge cucumber, but uh, cue it up for next week, and I'll contact right. Murphy's Magic. I can give you a little something. Do you want a little uh, a little freebie? Oh yes, I love freebies. There you go. I'll send it to you in the post. That'll oh, be ten bucks. Thanks. Baby. Oh. <laughs> Man, that's gonna such go an old, on a TikTok. That's such an old gag. But I walked into a magic store once, and he, the guy said that he's like, "Look, yeah, everything's price marked, but." Can, do you, would you like a freebie? I'm like, yeah. He's like, here you go. How, and then, how, how uh, did I make it to this age and never hear that one? Like dude. that's an ultimate dad joke, right? The freebie. Yeah. And, then, and then the other joke is he followed up with it, but I forget how he led into it. But he's like, yeah, the, the last guy I tried to make that joke to gave me a black eye. And then he pulls out the, the black uh, eye sponge. Yeah. This is comedy gold, friends. Comedy I've got gold. research to do. And sponges to order. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for everyone wondering, um, Jason is still, yet again, on the cruise ships. Um, I'm starting not to believe this. I think he's segued into like manufacturing, and he's not actually performing anymore. I think it's very skit. It's very possible. Um, whether he comes back, well, he's coming back. Just in what capacity? Does he have to start streaming from the boat or? Do we have to pre-record some? Or, I know ooh, when he just... heard the guest tonight, he tried to weasel his way in, moving the days around, tried to finagle a skit where he's on this because it's a good, it's going to be a good episode if you don't know. You Absolutely. Have, why are we dilly dally and talking about us? Let's let's talk <clears throat> about our guest and get him on here. Let's Absolutely. So yeah. we everyone's known Adam maybe in a different way. Maybe when you're first getting into magic, you were learning his uh, um, magic uh, downloads and and products. From Illusionist, um, I met Adam uh, through a keynote speaker, uh, a friend of ours called Vin Yang. We did a keynote speaking business together. As you know, Adam is a speaker as well as a creator and magician. You've seen him on Pen and Tellers Fool Us. Um, you may even own one of his fiddle sticks if you guys uh, backed that back in the day. But we're going to bring him on now. So let's please give a warm welcome to. Well, actually, before I do that, let me cue up his music because I, you know, want to do this all right. And uh, here we go. Let's welcome. Adam Wilbur. Awesome. That was cool. That was cool. 
You got some fancy pro graphics on that skit. I got in there. coffee beans and everything. Yeah. That was awesome. Thanks hey, for that. You know what? I'm glad you noticed. Every every guest that's come on, I've tried to add a little, uh, uh, what do you call it, Easter egg into it. But this time I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it slap bang in front. That's what we need, Josh. We need it in our face like that. Yeah, That's exactly. That's so it. If there's been Easter eggs, I've missed every one. <laughs> we didn't. You didn't miss the the Jason is gay one, Doug. That one I I no, made a little bit obvious. Unfortunately, I didn't. As uh, <laughs> hey, I I love our humor. I don't know that all of our our viewers enjoy that humor, but whatever. Well, it's all Doug. Just email Doug. But Adam, yes, me. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is I've watched what you guys have been doing and. 80 something episodes in a row. So my hat's off to you guys. Well done. Yeah, we just have no social life. <laughs> I feel that's you. pretty much it. One yeah, hour yeah. a week. <laughs> Doug lives indoors doing his content now. So he's like, yeah, yeah I'd love to catch up, guys. Again, went from for the 86th all the time. time outdoors on the street to all the time indoors behind the camera. Man, I'm like ready now. I've been in this room for about four months straight. I'm just licking my chops to get back out to the cobblestone, but that's going to be October. It's uh, it's a ways away still. Where are you going in October? Back where it's not hot in the French Quarter, but right now it's a hundred degrees in New Orleans. So I'm staying yeah. in this room for a couple more months. <laughs> I have plans mm. I'm working on still, but the long plans to get back out there and magish for the people, at least awesome. a, a little bit. The people want it. Speaking of which, you were on the road yesterday, Adam. I mean, we talked about this a little bit, but uh, how much live performing are you doing right now? Like. People see your creations and stuff, but you're a working guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what are you doing at the moment? I've got, uh, what am I? So I got back from London where I was session. Uh, that's session. what I was thinking. Were you, you were just there. Like last, when did you get home? <laughs> well, uh, hang on, Doug. <laughs> maybe we'll just, we'll, we'll ask that again. But I'm like, how like, did you even do a gig already? The, that's what I'm wondering. How did you have it, time it for a gig already? After yesterday's gig, it felt like finally coming back from the trip because okay um right. yesterday yeah was was super a gig i normally wouldn't take which was five hours to the show i don't care it was only 20 minutes performing but even if it was a full 45 minute set that's still quite a drive but it's in that mm. sort of the drive for fly so it, it was a bit of a nightmare getting there but um yeah. yeah to answer your question it's getting pretty busy again i'll be in austin uh, not Austin. I'll be in San Antonio next month doing a really cool uh, Comic-Con, but it's a uh, highlight is the vehicles from a lot of these movies, like the Batmobile, the um, Ghostbusters car. So all these cars will be there, but also tie in with the, the movie. So I have a booth there. Like think of a trade show magician, but I'm only hired to magician. So I just Are you hired there. by the conference to entertain then? Is that what you're yeah, doing? So the, you're they, not promoting Volpine. It's a different. Correct. You're just, um, yep. Make people smile and laugh. Their, their objective is make people have a good time. Is this uh, a new actually, market for you? Comic cons? I've always thought it'd be great for a magician, even in a pitching capacity, if not entertainment. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have not done a comic con. I've, I, this is a remake show of a show two years ago, which was a Comic-Con, but okay. the day of the event, they canceled because of COVID. So this is sort of a follow-up to that. So it'll be my first Comic-Con, but from what I've heard, it's a lot of really dorky, fun people having a good time, which sounds like a magic convention to me. Absolutely. You know? Excellent. Yeah, sure. Sounds so like it should be fun. No doubt. 
That's great. I mean, setting an atmosphere with magic. What more can you ask for? I know that there's a Comic-Con, we call it Supernova, the one we have in Australia. And uh, there are a couple of buddies of mine that will do magic there, but on sort of a Contra deal where they can just film with these, you know, famous people that are coming oh, in cool. and stuff. More of that, that kind of way. But, um, you, you know, know, I was thinking, well. you know, a little social media presence would allow me to maybe sell them on this, you know, having Doug Khan at your Comic-Con thing. And maybe that's a market for me. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll get some inside tips from you. A friend of mine bought, he used to run a company, Alien Works or something like that. But essentially they brought like Pyro, the, the fireball shooter, um, like uh, M5 to move things with your mind. So they brought all this magic themed mm. that was Comic-Con themed, superpower type stuff. Uh-huh. And they mm-hmm. did really, really well. Like they, they had a small little booth, <sighs> but it was so, it was different enough for that audience that they were the only comp- competition and it was right up the alley of everybody there. Like, yeah. you, you know, they, oh. you're making things move with your mind. You're using, you're shooting fireballs. You got a line at the pe- cash register. Exactly. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. I had a guy send me a video of his suit. He spent like a hundred grand on an Iron Man suit. And oh. this thing was, he built it. It was unbelievable but he used pyro in one of the arms. He said, I know Iron Man doesn't shoot fireballs, but it was super, super Which is one of your products for people that don't know. This is one of your early releases, is it not? Or one of the very beginner. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. the second. No, that was the first physical. Yeah, that was the very first physical product I ever released. Did you release that with Illusionist? Is that, were you on that team then? All right. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So that's actually Illusionist's product, but. All right, um, yeah. My baby That's, that they they own the rights to, from from well, the mind of Adam Wilbur. Part of the process, apparently. I wasn't on uh, the podcast with uh, Jimmy Talks a lot and Doug, but they were talking about your latest product, one of your latest products, and uh, I thought this would be a great opportunity because Doug is a working busker that you know knows in and out the, the cups and balls, and then for someone to come along and and add something new to it, I was like, God damn. This would be a great way for uh, Doug to share the insight from you know his perspective, and and then you can kind of shed a bit from uh, for the people watching that maybe haven't um, been able to get their hands on it yet. Here, let but, me put it right in the screen. I put my set over yeah. here. I got some Adam Wilbur goodness. Yeah, this amazing, is the amazing coffee cups and beans, <laughs> and this is like if you were uh, it's like if you're a kid at Christmas and you opened up the best magic kit o- kit ever. That's what this is like for the cups and balls. <laughs> Amazing. It really yeah. is a total package delivered in a just a super commercial uh, system, right? With so many options, like you can do. Uh, I mean, I, I, <laughs> the thing is, this you don't want to talk about all the gimmicks that you've built into this. Uh, disarming coffee cup, right? But it's super sneaky. The beans you include, the loading systems. Yeah, I mean, this was a a labor of love for sure. I I think, as you guys know, if you really want to be a close-up magician, that a lot of people say the same thing, that you need to know the cups and balls. And it's for good reason, because very few other tricks can force you to learn everything about magic, from timing to misdirection to slight to body movement, to loading, to palming, every single thing that we do 
And almost every trick we do is utilized in the cups and balls. So if you can learn like a really good, well thought out, not even just the moves, but how do you get something that is essentially you saying, I'm going to slip a ball under a cup a whole bunch of times. That's it. So I'm going to do that for like six minutes straight in a bunch of different ways. And each way hopefully is a little bit better than the last building to this explosion. So everything about the cups and balls encompasses what it takes to put together a pretty routine, right? A pretty close-up piece of magic. Go ahead, chime in and say part of this wonderful production is a great tutorial over three hours of instructionals where you teach these things. So not only do you get the great props, but you also get a wonderful from beginner to end, beginner, intermediate, advanced, and then you get a bunch of other artists offering their take on the prop as well. So, yeah. 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 I mean, I think for me, I loved the cups and balls. I performed it like everyone else, which was the history and the hieroglyphics on the walls. And I think inherently that, that script is very prominent because we don't know how to explain this silver cup. There's no one's ever seen this before. So the only real logical explanation is, hey, this is a really old prop that magicians used to use. So let's talk about the history of magic and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like that, but I couldn't find a presentation that fit for me outside of explaining these cups. So the whole idea of the coffee was, how do you make it non-suspect, but also something that in my presentation, I can talk about the idea of having a cup of coffee with somebody is one of the realest moments in life because you're sitting down being present just like we are right now watching a magic trick. Yeah. Um, and it all worked out. And then the, the gimmicks and the loading and everything that, you know, slowly took place over about a decade of development into what if, if I never put out another magic trick, this I would be happy with to say, look, I've done my part and hopefully inspiring new people to learn the cups and balls and change a classic, not change it in a better way or a worse way, but change it in a way that fits me. And a lot of people have been really receptive to this idea that, yeah. That it's all, it's also attainable while, while it's not like, you know, nickel and dime magic, you go, you go shopping for cups and balls. You're going to spend four or $500. This is not that this is super reasonable considering what you get in this package. In fact, I think you made a mistake selling it this cheap, but wow, you did it. And congratulations on that for the community. Thank you. I've a lot of people said the same thing that's underpriced, but it is, it is, but uh, I hope you're making really your never yeah. our goal. My goal specifically is that never would anyone be able to buy something from Volpine and say, I paid too much for that. Right. That yeah. in the magic worlds, we do a lot. There's yeah, stuff that people put true. out and it's like, <laughs> dude, if you're going to charge that amount of money, build the prop properly mm. and i, I open this i open this podcast with one of those props you know <laughs> i'm, a, every I'm a sucker for that crap same here i'll buy it all that's why yeah, it's, right but i'll only buy one or two i won't name names but certain people will only yeah. burn me twice and yeah. then i'll go okay exactly no more yeah we're yeah, trying a little to bit 20 years from now people still say hey i've never bought something from volpine where it felt like i paid too much and that just means we're not putting anything out if I don't perform it to a real paid audience. And that takes a long time. Doug, you know, before you put something out, same with you, Josh, you're never, 
The best things you can buy are the things that somebody's worked for 10 years and you go, great, I'll put that right in my show. Yeah. I could even borrow the script heavily if I wanted to. And I've got a performance piece. That's what, that's the goal. So that's what we don't get enough with magic releases. You know, everyone's, uh, you know, rushing to release whatever piece of crap they can to the magic community. And we really need more love, just the love that you're, you know, that you put in a, I think the, the big companies have to, right? I've worked at big companies and it has mm -hmm. to be the, the good thing about Volpine is it's Felix and I. So there's a lot of stuff we can't do. We're, we're not real good at marketing. We're not real good at social media consistency, but we don't take salaries from the company. We don't have to pay anybody, right? It's, it's right. just mm. people. We sh I like, ship like everything out from my basement at a big company. You've got, a minimum 10 salaries that have to be paid every month, which means right. you can't go two months yep. without having a product. Yep. Right. And, and legally, it. legally, you don't have to pay your daughter until, you know, she's 18. So she exactly can keep packing right. orders. I'm with you this smart man. Smart exactly man. Exactly right. Yep. <laughs> and that's why, you know, Doug got married, you know, cause now Aaron can do. Yes, all the that's right. Now we're orders. working on some babies so I can have a better workforce. I can <laughs> hey. build my team. <laughs> And if, they, if you convince them that magic is really cool, then they think they're doing it just for the love of it. You don't even have to pay them. Maybe a quarter. Mm. It's pretty brilliant. How, so old are your, how old are your kids, Adam? They're still my, young, right? My daughter is just about to turn eight, and my son is just about to turn 10. Yeah. Oh, he's getting there. Does he have an interest in magic at all? Yeah, but um, he likes watching me perform really more than yeah. anything. Um right. He knows how hard it is. So I gave him a splits gimmick and he showed that on his um, virtual show and tell. And okay. they loved it. You know, I think he yeah. lit up there, but he's more right now into Fortnite type stuff. So sure, sure. Mm. Good age for it, I guess. Good age yeah. for it. He's good yeah. too. He's got to the point where I can't even keep up with him. So I don't play anymore. I just give up. I'm not going to lose to my nine-year-old son. It's too. It's too. I, I, I used to love first-person shooters, but yeah, it's I'm the same way. I log into one of those things now, and I'm like, oh, fuck, never mind. Yep. <laughs> never Did mind. you used to play GoldenEye Bond? Oh yes, on the uh, Nintendo. That, that Nintendo was 64. Yeah. Uh, we used to do Temple Rocket Launchers for days. We would just play it hours on end. And they're coming out, they're remaking it for PlayStation, um, a GoldenEye update based off of the original GoldenEye. Nice. Well, Which means I might not have any time to practice exactly. magic <laughs> This anymore. podcast has now ended. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, GoldenEye, and it was uh, the Star Wars racing game that I would play. Oh, okay. It was on cool. the same platform. Um, I forget what they what it was called, but it was uh, like their classic that the young Anakin Skywalker was racing in, in um the first like remake movie, but uh, anyway, good times. Hey, Adam, we've got a few questions from our viewers uh, on Instagram. So I haven't sort of pre-screened these much, but uh, this first one is from Jake of all spades. He's a good guy. So I trust his uh, audio question. Um, let me play that for you now. Hey guys, uh, Jake from Chicago here. Uh, sort of have kind of a big question. Um, I, I'm sort of, I'm a beginner. You know, I've only been doing magic for all, about two years, and I know Adam, you do a lot of performing and shows. And so my question for you would be, how like what would you tell someone starting off like me? 
how to set up a routine with with all the stuff they know. You know, someone says, "Can you do a show?" And, and your mind starts racing. Like, what goes through your mind when someone asks you to do the castle or Penn and Teller? And like, how would you set up a show? And how do you get started to like get over the the nervousness? And you you know, I see you very confident on stage and. And, uh, yeah, I guess just what would be advice for people starting off wanting to do more performances? Thanks. Hope you all having a good one. That's a loaded question. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. Where do we yeah, start? Thanks. So, yeah. How do you, th- how do you think about putting a show together? I guess that's the main crux, right? Like how do you get started with designing a show or specifically fool us? I mean, that was some time ago now, but. I propose opinion? that's two unique questions there. Let's take I, these I one at a time. So yeah. let's, do yeah, you have an answer meeting, there? I mean, how do so, you do so a show? If you're just starting out, um, there's two two things, right? Are you doing talking close-up magic show, formal close-up, or a parlor show? My suggestion is always to start with a parlor show if you're actually trying to become a professional magician because you're going to get – you probably already know five close-up tricks. So learn your five favorite close-up tricks that aren't all cards. Do minimum three and then two other tricks, maybe with a coin or or something else. So know five close-up tricks and you can have a strolling set. If you know five really well, you can go do two hours of strolling anywhere. But I would suggest your first show being a parlor show at 45 minutes because that's what you can make a career off one really good parlor show. That's 45 minutes can be 20 minute show can be a 15 minute show or can be a full 45 minute after dinner. So how, how do you set that up? Um, You perform as much as you possibly can. But the first thing is that you have to understand the rhythm of a show and what makes the rhythm of a show successful. Because if you just take in 45 minutes, say you're going to get eight tricks. If you just take your eight favorite tricks There's absolutely nothing that says that will make a good show. They might be all great openers or all great middles or all great closers, but understanding the rhythm of what makes a show is very, very important. And the place you'll learn that is a book called Maximum Entertainment by Michael Weber or um, um, Dan Harlan has an amazing book on it. I believe it's called. uh, I'm going to I'm going to forget. You should know this. It's the pink one. It's got a pink cover. Um, more than meets the eye. Dan Harlan's More Than Meets the Eye. And that was Phenomenal. a Ken Weber book, but I digress. The, you, the said Michael, Weber you, said, you said Michael Weber, who's a great magician. Oh, I'm sorry, Ken Weber. We got the yes. Thank you for correcting me. Ken Weber. Oh, good. Michael Weber, totally different kind of genius. Yeah, but, but still all all worth reading everything he's put out if you can get your hands on it. Absolutely. Uh, uh Maximum Entertainment will tell you the ins and outs of what it takes to be a good performer. That's the pro book. No doubt about it. As far as putting the structure of a show together, get more than meets the eye by Dan Harlan and read it. It's like $20 might even be $10. And still, in my opinion, one of the best books and resources on putting together a formal 45 minute show. So that's what I'd suggest. Get your five close up tricks down to the point where you know them inside and out. That'll help with your nerves. You're always going to be nervous. Um, but if you know, you're, they say that Josh, you remember in, in Vin's course, you want to not be nervous on stage, know your material inside and out. Most people are nervous mm. because they lack preparation. Yep. If you're yep. prepared, 
your nerves will subside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't. The funny thing about magic is you can't be prepared unless you've performed a shitload. So yeah. unfortunately, you're going to be shaky and nervous for the first hundred performances, regardless if you know that material inside and out, because you've never done it. Just do it. Restaurant. That's the hard truth. There it is, folks, right there. Go suck a hundred times and then you'll be better. Yeah. And and Jake, you know, a good a good place to start is to convince your friends, buy them lunch and be like, hey, come and watch this set I'm I'm working on. It's a, at least a platform that will uh get you started. Uh, you gotta- so one of the reasons I advocate busking all the time, because this is another place you can go suck a lot and mm. learn quickly. You know, you can get those reps in. And get magic shop, um, working at a magic shop, busking. Busking takes a, a special breed. You have to be okay with, you know, but it's look, just. I think a lot of people, when they think of busking, they think you got to go out there and make a living, but you don't have to make a living to go entertain people and get your time in. You can Absolutely. go out there and just perform. And if you take that restriction off you, well, now you're just an artist in the wild. And now yep. maybe you're not as nervous. Or, great, you know, great point. Absolutely. Yeah. If you just say, forget the money altogether, I'm just yeah, trying to just go better. get your time in just like a stand up comedian, go works the joints in the, you know, uh, and they do their free, free mic nights, open mics yep. to get their time in same kind of deal. Yep. So I think that answers. Um, it, it was a great question. answer. Great question. Great question. Now tell us how to win fool us. Yeah. <laughs> did you win fool us? Did you, did you fool them? Yeah. What? Yeah. All right. How do we win? Um, Tell us that. I want to know. I got, I, I used, uh, um, clone by, we were just about to put it out at illusionist and Juan, Juan Carlos was like, yo, I said, Hey, I, th- I think I have a chance to do it on fool us. I wanted to present decibel on fool us. And they said, Ooh. great, except we're not going to, the whole point of what would succeed is name any song. And they're like, we can't get the rights to any song. It doesn't work like that on TV. Wow. So I did a, a signature duplication, which honestly, if you want to win on Foolish, then you have to either show them something that's brand new that they've never seen before or disguise a method. Look at um, Nick Einhorn, the, the, the way that he did his basically like a book test type thing. He just disguised the method very, very heavily in such a brilliant way. Look at... Um, Look at the people that have fooled Penn and Teller and then look at what they did. Most of them, they're not going to fool you or you can look up the method, but there's no, not a whole lot of revolutionary methods. It's a lot of really clever disguising, uh, not in the sense of red herring, but you know, using something that they may have known, but using it in a way that they, they're unsuspecting, you know, or come up with something brand new, which is a lot harder. <laughs> I, I would yeah. also say that maybe just a well, well-performed good piece of magic is acceptable as well. You might not fool them, but I think they're looking for that occasionally to showcase. Absolutely. That's what they'll tell you right from the start. They don't care if it fools them or not. They want entertainers. If you're an entertaining performer, it does not matter what you bring on that show. There you go. Right. And they'll tell you that right from the start. <laughs> Eric's got the right idea. <laughs> yes, he did. Clever thinking. Clever thinking. I love it. Eric's. I mean, we, we, we mentioned uh, Volpine Productions a little bit, but uh, Dylan here asked the most direct question he could, which is, 
Hey Magic guys, it's Dylan Young and I have a question for Adam Wilbur, which is what inspired you to start Volpine Creations? Awesome. Yeah, I love, 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 love creating and producing magic. I love everything about the development process, the manufacturing process, the taking an idea, bringing it to the real world, testing it out, seeing if it works, everything about it I, I love, except the marketing. I'm just terrible at marketing. I'm, I've learned to not say that anymore. I am. There you go. I am. I am continuing Learning. to improve my skill set in marketing, but I just love it. And after, you know, with Illusionist, it's a company. You are one of many. And that means that there are certain things you can and can't do. So some things just wouldn't play well with Illusionist being a massive company or a Vanishing Inc. or any large company where specifically being able to put only one effect out every six months. That doesn't work at a, at a company, but I'll never not create magic and being able to create magic that other people take and then inspire or entertain or whatever they do with it to me is the best feeling I've ever had for someone to write me and say, Hey, Here's a video of me performing your X, Y, and Z. A guy just sent me a video of him proposing to his now fiance doing the coffee cups and beans with the explosion load being diamonds and her diamond ring in the middle of it. Whoa. Like that, <laughs> that's it. You know, that's pretty much it for me. So being able to do that, um, it's always, it's gotta be a part of me. And now where it's, if Volpine succeeds, I, you know, Felix and I get everything. If Volpine fails, no one's to blame, but Felix and I is awesome. So the inspiration was just because I never, I'll never not be performing and creating magic. And I really love the process of developing products. That when when did you decide to go on your own, Adam? Was it, you were an illusionist for a while and three years ago come, now, how long? Three or, three or four years ago now. No, it's probably three years ago now. Yeah. Um, and that you, my, my time had come there. I'd been there almost seven years. Seven um, years. Yeah, that's mm. a long time. Yeah. And there's only when, you'll outgrow any company, right? Anytime you if you're if you're a talent, you will. If you're a it, talent, you will. In a creative field of a hundred percent. That's why mm -hmm. almost all magic companies don't ever hold on to creators because yeah, they'll they'll outgrow a company or and there'd been plenty of things. It was just my time to go um, mm -hmm. for yeah. a, a bunch of reasons. And then there were also some personal things. I, my wife and I were getting separated. There was just a lot. So mm -hmm. I took about a year off. And in that year, I mean, you know, literally two of these notebooks just filled with product yeah, ideas. Right. And it's like, well, what do I do? Do I go to a Murphy's or do I go to a Vanishing and hope that they'll put these out the way I want them or take a chance and, and start our own thing. And, you know, we're pretty nice. proud in two years, we've done about eight products that all across the board have, have received five-star reviews. So we're, yeah. we're, mm. we're, we're Especially still from Doug. Hey, yeah, well, I'll awesome. mention another one. I was, I was playing with this thing last week. I, I featured it on one of my YouTubes the where, what, when the, what WWW wallet, yeah, and uh, worst, I think a couple ideas. Of effect of all time. Yeah, 
It's a good one. You know what's missing on here is the word Vulpine Creations. Your logo's on there, but I was showcasing this, and I was like, where's the word Vulpine? It should be on there. Yep. Your marketing yep. needs work, Mr. Uh, Wilbur. Hey, trust me. <laughs> That's not uh, anything I don't know, man. <laughs> this package is another great value, and it's another, to me, a toolkit. Like, I don't know that you have a deep uh, tutorial with this, but when I received this, my mind started racing with ideas, which for me is a good product. And it's quality and reasonably priced. Love no, it. I mean, again, we're, I'm genuinely trying to invent or create the magic company that I always wish existed. If I could, it would have LNL style performances with the same room and just, all right, here's the next set of magic. Yeah. You can't, you can't sell magic that way anymore, right? As yeah. soon as it's, it's just, it's unfortunate because some of the best magic ever was on LNL. Look at Bill Malone's set, right? Everything Bill Malone mm. did in his LNL is an absolute Still gold. Mm. And that's one of many. But now as soon as you put that online, it's for the world for free, you know? You can't monetize thoughts anymore, especially in the world of magic. It has to be a physical product. True story. Bob has a question. Does Volplan accept product submissions? Yeah, we do, but the truth of the matter is we don't have much to offer. Um, we're not, we're not going to make you a huge name. We're not going to sell tons and tons of things. Um, actually we're working with Eric right now on something because it's exactly the brand of Volpine. It's uh -huh. Yeah. The truth comes out about who's the real inside guy. Mr. <laughs> LeClaire. <laughs> um, but yes, we do take submissions. It's just, we're not, the reality is there are better companies that can get you more money, more sales and more recognition than we can right now. So do you see this being a bigger part of a business model moving forward? Do you, as this, I would think it have to be. I mean, um, honestly, I have, I have 40 products that could go to the market, you're, but you're good. Huh? All right. Well, good for you. We don't, Maybe ideally, yes, in a perfect world, absolutely. That that we would be pumping out that I, much. I don't know. Is it ideal if you got 40 ideas and you're hitting home runs, just keep hitting them, and then you, you don't have to worry about all the BS that goes in with releasing other creators' products? You know what they are, you lived it. <clears throat> Unless Doug just wants like, to know, Doug great. just wants the goods, he just wants to know what they are, he wants the tricks. That's right. <laughs> you don't have to send me all the, the pre releases. <laughs> I'll, I'll vet everything for you, no charge. Perfect. Well, Doug, had, I sent it to Doug, and within like a day, he's like, hey, here's a couple ideas. And it's now the way I do my own trick that I put on the market. But, wow. um, dude, the bill, the, the whole structure of it, of letting them pick the cards and then the bill reveal mm. on top of it is like just beautiful I thought, um, I thought for sure that was going to be like ah justin miller had that in 89 no no no. <laughs> no i mean not that i know of maybe but not that i right. know of. we didn't talk no. about this earlier but uh late maybe a bit later on did you have anything you wanted to show the viewers any of your uh creations I'll show you a card mm -hmm. trick we love Just a good a card, fun trick. card trick this isn't this isn't promoting anything. This isn't even mine, but this is a perfect example of why it sucks LNL is no longer around. So this is off LNL, off um, uh, Bill Malone's On the Loose, I believe. So we're going to start by trying to find some important cards, but first a mix, 
and we'll go for, um, I'm gonna try and do this on camera without flashing. And then I'll, I'll uh, do you guys expose on this? Do you teach methods on here? Where are we at? What platform are we on? I'm good with it. And who cares what Josh thinks? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> go for it, go for it. All right, well, I'll walk you through it first and then I'll just show this production. So one, two, three, say here's the first ace. One, two, three, Ooh. and four. Ooh, yeah. So four aces, I'll, I'll keep that production, but check out this trick. So four aces, one at a time. These aces are going to go from face up to face down, but hopefully you don't see the, the ace flip. I'm not going to do it like this because any sober person can do that. I'm going to do it invisibly. So one at a time, here we go. I'll show you all four aces face up. That's the ace of hearts face up, spades face up, diamonds and clubs face up. They'll go from face up to face down, but without the turning motion. Here's the first one. That's ace number one has gone from face up to face down. We'll do that again. Just a shake. That's two aces have gone face down. Watch the ace of clubs as slow and as fair as I can. It goes in face up. Just a snap leaves just that ace of diamonds face up. And the ace of diamonds much the same. One final shake and that's all four aces have gone face down. If I reverse it, it reverses that action. So one of the aces actually flips face up. That's ace number one. I just don't know where the two, three, and four came from. What? See, when you weren't looking, I cheated. I slipped one of the aces 13 cards from the top. That's ace number one. Second's 12 from that. That's ace number two. The third one we know is with the two, the three, and the four. And the fourth one, I, or the fourth, I take the third and rip it, and I get all four aces. Thank you very much. Oh, damn. So that is a uh, Bill Malone trick off on the loose there you go damn i don't think we can teach that it was, was too that, good was in, in a podcast up? format but that, that's not bill uh i'll show you this production which is mine the beginning part with the aces so wait is... the ace production that follows that maxi twist sequence he taught that on the no 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 um he's saying so he came up with that this first bit everything after the ace production so four aces on top this production here. So when I do this, this coming uh, false cut, then saying, watch ace number one, two, three, and four. That one. So everything after that is Bill Malone, but I'll teach this. This is super fun. Um, and the, the key is getting into it, which is, it's just fun to do. It's not, it, it's not practical, but you have four aces on top. And the setup I need is two aces face up on bottom and that second ace face up under the, the top card. So I need to get to there from four aces on top. So what I'm gonna do is pinky break, and then I'm gonna half pass those two top cards. So now they're face up on bottom, okay? And then in sort of a gesturing motion, I'm gonna point, and as I point, I'm just gonna steal this card off and do almost like a KM move and immediately cover it back up. So I know it it sounds ridiculous, but it, it does work. Yeah, exactly. Now, if they're hawking you, it's probably gonna be hard to cover, but you do that, I get a break here, go to there, and now we're set. So now all I'm gonna do is side steal this first from the bottom. So I've got this palmed out. As I do this pop shove it move, and that shows ace one and two, now I basically start another side steal, still palming this, 
But instead of doing anything, I just slap down on it. And then I buckle this out and produce that. Nice. So there you go. Ooh, that's pretty. Thank Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Everyone. And you know what, Doug? That is called, you know what that's called? What's Katrina. Called? Because that was, I invented that while we were leaving Covington the day Katrina hit. So that's called the <laughs> Katrina production. Just thought. Ah, memories. Yes. You were, yeah, you were there some, for it, right? I was in Algiers Point through the whole oh. thing. Yep. Good. Yeah. So you were working Magic Masters those days during Katrina? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Lived in Covington on a 500 acre horse farm that my fiance at the time um, was like a horse trainer. So it was just this beautiful 500 acre farm with go so, golf cart. It was so cool. And then I drive the hour and 10 hours. Yeah, and that's a, half. a pretty good commute to go work. Uh, I mean, that's a good, it was a good job, really. Magic Masters took care of their people. Uh, I'm and curious. I'd never worked at a magic show. Like I come from. New Hampshire, where and Vermont, where the idea of making a living working at a magic shop—that was like my mind. Yeah, was right. But Ken Fletcher paid his guys. He had good health insurance, and uh, you got in, a commission and a good salary. I mean, I was, it was killing fun. it. Yeah, it was well, the best for, I tell for, everyone, for a year or two. Exactly, but but you do it for two or three years, and you you can't not get good. You got These inner are the city kids. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. For, for those that don't know, Magic Master is a pitch joint for tourists in New Orleans selling high-priced magic in the mall. So you would do sometimes 20. I mean, I, I might do 15, 20 demos in a shift, you know, if it was a crazy day. Yeah. 10, uh, you know, it would be maybe an average. And you do that what five. Would you, well, what did you sell the most there? Uh, card, the card kits, the card kits and Rocky raccoons. I was a good Rocky, you know, pitchman. Uh, dude, I sold tons of light flight. I was about to say, they always wanted you to sell the light flight, but I'm a bald guy. Right. So I couldn't work the light oh, flight yeah. because I, I'm a baldy. I would sometimes do a LeClaire hookup and do an ear thing, but like, I couldn't make that thing dance like the good guys could. You ever work with Mike Fisher, Mike strange. You ever see him work this thing? Was he a tall, skinny guy that left nah. and got into cybersecurity? No, no. Okay. Mike was a big guy. Man, he made this thing. He he sold fifty light flights in one shift one time. Oh, dude, fifty I, I light stand, flights. I would stand out there because we made commission, and that was the highest yeah, price thing. Sure. So I right. would just mm. stand out. I'd build an audience of fifty people, and I'd do the hack line of "Who wants to know how it works?" Great. We take Visa, Mastercard, and Discovery. Come right in. Yeah. And that was it. They got yep. it. They were like, okay, mm -hmm. I can buy this thing. Let's go. It was, oh, I loved that, dude. That's I, very I had, heavy. I, I had an issue with that. Top, the, the spinning oh, top. Oh, yeah, right. Very mm. heavily influenced off three years straight of me doing light flight. That makes total sense. Yeah. You found your, your, your version of the light flight. Yep. I love it. I, the thing I didn't like about that trick is you have to at magic masters. We always taught you the trick you buy it. And then we teach you how to do it. And I never like taking the guy over to the side to be like, Hey buddy, <laughs> you just got stuck. <laughs> yeah. So by the way, that $70 is this piece of thread. Sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah. You bought string. It's what, yeah. It's yeah. what you can do with it. I mean, I, I remember, um, I helped uh, do the merch for the illusionists when they were first touring, when they were in Australia. And then I remember, I would demonstrate the 
light flight as we're calling it. And um, you'd see some people just buy it, open it up, be like, oh, what's all this stuff getting all tangled in the packet? And then they're like, oh, there's nothing in here. They're like, well, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's. I uh, remember I the first time when I saw levitation and found out what it was, I was like, well, that's stupid. And my, mm. the guy who showed it to me was like, remember the moment before you knew that. And that's how I would sell it. I'd be like, look, man, you're buying this. Cause it was all business guys. I was like, you're buying this to show your right. kids. You travel a lot. Clearly spend two nights in the hotel room watching this. And you're going to show your kid the same thing you saw me do. And they're like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Now they'd never do it, but they'd leave the shop with it. And that's right. all I needed for my commission. You know? <laughs> surprisingly low return rate at that joint at all. We offered a hundred percent guarantee, but like almost never did they return things. I mean, I, I think they also felt bad too. Cause it's like, they saw us demo for 20 minutes, yeah. you know, we're clearly putting mm. the effort in and it's like, all right, I'll, I'll give you the 50 bucks regardless. Tell you, there's been more than one day I've considered, you know, opening one of those uh, places just to, you know, make some money. I don't think I could stand there and do it, but I could pay some kids and tell them how to do it. Right. Think well, about airports. Now, think about having kiosks and airports. I know the whole you thing, do a, a, a floating mm. thing, a D light thing, the card mm -hmm. pack and a coin bend, just six, yeah. seven tricks that anyone that you give two days of practice to can do. Dude, when they came out with those, those little helicopters, you know, those little like gyroscope helicopters, oh, yeah. those were in every single mall and airport and they were making a fortune and all they do is demo it and people go, I'll take two at a little magic kiosk where you're like, here, each thing mm. is 15 bucks or you buy all of them together for 55. Yep. You, you wouldn't not, I mean, you'd make money all day. Well, it seems like Comic-Con is the place to do that. I mean, people wanting to be superheroes and you're showing think them, of, think of an airport. coins. Think of an airport every single day, the amount of foot traffic that you have. That's all that it's about is foot traffic, showing them something like a D-light or a floating thing to stop them, and then mm. giving them the impression you can, whoever you have in mind right now, yes, you can do that to your kid or your whatever. An airport would be just the problem. The problem is, the problem is this. Every single day you have to show up there. And the, the rent to get a kiosk in an airport is astronomical. Look, I, mean, I, I actually, I priced the Riverwalk about three years ago, pre-pandemic, and they're asking over $3,000 a month for a freaking kiosk. $3,000. Yeah, How many cards you got to sell to cover the kiosk exactly. before you pay the guy? I'm not yep. paying me because I'm not standing there. I got to pay the guy now and the kiosk. And it's like, I yeah, mean, a, a shopping, a shopping mall, a big, a busy shopping mall is going to be that a, a week at least. Not, not to mention an airport, you know, it would be insane. But man, just yeah. the volume that you would have to sell. I don't want to manage that much inventory. I Doug, mean, exactly. You started yeah. this quest. So now you got to eat it. You're going to have to what put I, up Here's with what it. I'm doing. I'm providing, <laughs> I'm providing ideas for other people to run with. <laughs> You're like the <laughs> Steve Jobs. It's a great idea for someone that's not me. Mm. Yeah. I'll help you out if you need help. Just let me know. I got ideas, but uh, I'm just not going to go do it. Hey, your kids are old, are older now. They can, you know, you can put them to work. You, you know, know I've, I've, I, it's the kind of thing you don't want to push on a kid, right? If they want to do it, they do it. I've made offers. Apparently everybody thinks I'm doing weird things and no one wants a piece of my pie, but it's well, fine. That's no fun. All right. We've got a question from Bob. He's been uh, very vocal in the, in the comment section. Thanks, bro. So we're going to play your question and, Hopefully it's different to what you've been putting in the Bob. comments. Bob. Hey, Magic guys. 
I've got a hey. question for Adam Wilbur. Uh, I've noticed you've come out with like the uh, sponge buds and color changing lighters and a few effects. Do you ever get to perform in any of those kinds of clubs where you live? Oh, it just yeah. got off. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully so the cannabis industry is an awesome industry in the United States. One of my best and closest friends is in the legal market. Um, so yes, the answer is yes. I get to perform a lot and you know, I don't tell a lot of people cause it is just the best damn industry on the planet. I, I mean, these people are there to have fun. They're smart. There's tons and tons of money in that industry right now. Um, yes. It, are you in a legal state, Adam? Where, uh, no, where but you? I'm right. I'm right in the like New Hampshire and then Maine, Vermont, everywhere surrounded me. I'm 20 minutes to a, a, yeah. a shop, but it's in Maine. So yeah, okay. technically, New Hampshire will be the very last state. It's, it's just the way we are here. I get it. I think I saw, I remember seeing you were at a, 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 a trade show doing uh, sponge buds, right? Yep. Yep. There's a um, bunch. I mean, cannabis industry, trade shows are huge. They're all over the, the US and mm. they're, they're all looking for something that's fun. And if you're like, look, here's some pot themed magic. I can stand in your booth and it, it's just a huge win. Imagine if they mixed that with Comic-Con. Now, now you're having, you know, Superman buzzing out and having a good there time. You go. Watching People magic really levitating. There's a real reason for his eyes being red. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, hey, let me just give that to myself there. Hey, if you Jimmy. ever can't, can't fill in one of those gigs, I'm your guy, Adam. If you ever need a fill in for like when all right. oh, you know the call, all right? I, I usually need, try and clear my calendar for those ones for sure. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> the last one I was at, the booth directly across from me were just, I mean, they just had jars and it was free sample. Wow. And I'm like, I'm doing magic the whole time. They're loving it because I'm building a crowd that's pushing into their booth. Yeah, I mean, right? it, for people who partake responsibly in the connoisseurship of cannabis, go to a cool cannabis trade show. It is I mean, you think a tech trade show is cool, the the cannabis trade shows, the bigger ones, the exhibits these people do. And I think inherently cannabis consumers are creative people, right? So it's just, it, they're really cool to go to, even if you're not performing. But honestly, find Google, wherever you live, cannabis trade shows, cannabis conventions happening in the next year. Find two of the biggest booths. You'll see a map. It'll show you all the different booths. Find the two or three biggest booths call them directly and say, Hey, look, I've worked in this space before. I know what you need is some sort of differentiator, something to remember your brand. I specialize in that. It is a no brainer for them. I used to say tech trade shows were easy because that's just the sell is easy. Cannabis, mm. especially if you buy the never ending uh, cannabis sponge balls and never ending spliffs from Volpine creations. And you make yourself a hey. video promoting that to them say, yeah. Hey, I have these split this is the kind of magic I do. You're in, you know, it's, it's a no brainer. So great. All, industry. I imagine like every trade show, they're all looking for some kind of stand activation, which gives them a reason to come up, you know, whether it's a, Oh, it's a basketball hoop. And if you get three and you win a prize or we've got a selfie station here, or we're giving out USBs. But if you can actually be this interactive guy, not to mention you're branded to what they're doing, it's uh, yeah, it's a no brainer. I think. And, and the other thing you can do as well, if you're not, an extra step, I think, is that you could actually go physically attend one of the trade shows and then meet them that way. 
Um, or I never get, loved like, the- that just because they're very busy. I've tried that. You, you have Absolutely. to go on the last day, like when all the tchotchke stuff's being given away and they're 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 breaking down because they either had a great trade show or a terrible one. And if you go when they mm-hmm. had a terrible one, you can say, hey, you know, how was it? Oh, we didn't get the traffic we were wanting. Hey, for your next trade show, that's what I specialize in. But mm, I have tried I- going in there as an attendee and getting an important person to listen to me. And they're always just like, hey, if you're trying to sell me something, that's why I'm here too. So piss off. You know? Yeah, I, I guess to take it the other the other direction i think it's more of to like find out what companies are there so not sure. not to try and maybe maybe not to pitch them but just to get like the business card of like every stall that's there that you know at least has the size that you were saying would would uh you know be able to facilitate you coming in to pay you so like that's if you're if you're finding it difficult to find out what exhibitors are going to be there the advice i was given was like actually go there and do your recon Hell and yeah. then email them and be like yo i saw you at the exhibit i actually think It'd be great. And then, you know, you could send them your video and, and whatnot. It's great. But, uh, and you'll have you a know. blast while you're there. Just bring it. Make sure you bring a notepad and go have a good time, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Hey, um, in the beginning, when we were all magicians just wanting to show people magic, uh, did you guys ever use that opportunity to, like, show your partner the tricks in the beginning? Like, oh, how does this look? Or, or your, your friends? And then slowly, you know, you kind of wear them out with seeing too many effects. Does this ring a bell to you guys? Sure. No, my wife loves magic, all, all of it. Okay, good, <laughs> good, good. Because this, this is a theme that happens to all of us at some point early on, a lot of us. A lot of you guys listening are probably, you know, you can think of those people you showed magic to in the beginning. We've got Jimmy here, one of our listeners, and he's asked a question. I think he's in that stage in his life with magic. Um, so let me bring Jimmy on for a second. Hey, this is Jimmy. Um, been a fan of you guys all the way from the beginning. Even went back and got caught up on all the episodes. Um, I have a question regarding my wife. <laughs> I am purely a hobbyist. I love all the methods. I love learning the inside, inside and outs of the magic. But um, I think she has been cursed with the magic mind from catching different flashes and and failed tricks, failed attempts from time to time, which causes her to not see the magic in some tricks and even look to the wrong place or know where the magic's happening. So I I don't know if she's really even giving me good feedback, but there are times where she does give me good feedback, so I still want to keep using her, you know? But it does, whenever she gives me the negative feedback, I don't know if it's purely because of her magic mind or if it's... Mm. I don't know if this question even makes sense. It makes uh, sense. I, yeah. I know that you guys have uh, girlfriends and wives and stuff, and maybe you've ran across this. But Thanks, any dude. help or any advice not on all this of us would be awesome. Thanks, guys. <clears throat> Jimmy, you're not alone, okay? Thanks for your question. Josh, are you married? Uh, basically married. Ten years together. Not officially married yet, but I've gone through this process. Yes. <laughs> I'm a I think the answer... And I'm trying to manifest for myself, but imagine first uh, your, your wife, in my opinion, is always going to do that, right? They're never going to look at magic the same way a normal person will. It's not going to happen, especially after any amount of time, unless they're also a magician. Like imagine being married to a magician or dating a magician. And it was like, Hey, check this out. But 
Then the problem comes in, you know, when it's like jamming with friends and they go, oh, we'll try this. And it's like, that's not what I'm asking you. I'm just asking for this. I, I think the best feedback is always film yourself, talk to the camera like it was a spectator, see if it's good enough, and then just go perform for regular people. Do it in the real world for real people. Because I do think after that couple months and seeing the, knowing what a double lift is and a few other things, it's like, it's really hard to get a significant other to watch the effect as the effect, as opposed to just going, yep, I know how it's done. So it's a challenge. When I, yeah. When I still, when I was living at home with my family, like my brother and sister and stuff, every, I think daily I'd come out and be like, all right, let me show you this trick. And by the end of their lifespan of wanting to watch me do stuff, it was like, it, it, began, it began to be like, I'd come out and be like, all right, who, which one of you will watch this? You know, <laughs> it's, it was like that kind of thing. And I, and I had to convince my sister to like, let me show her stuff. And, um, it brings me back to Vin, who we learned uh, some keynote speaking from, well, not some, we, we learned a lot from. And, and he, when I went and did his communication workshop, he was like, all right, so to work on your voice, you know, when you, when you start practicing your new way of speaking, you, it needs to fall on neutral ears, like people who haven't heard you speak before. Otherwise, if you start speaking with all this dominance and stuff to your friends, they're going to be like, dude, why are you talking like that? Like, that's super weird. But you take it to people who've never heard you speak, like at the gas station or whatever, and, um, and they, they won't know none the wiser, you know? So I think it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse that they see so much and also new stuff you're doing. So like Adam said, you know, you, can, you can't unsee a double lift um, once you know what it is. And... Um, so I guess what I'm saying is you got to get new friends, Jimmy. You got to find new friends, and you got to show the magic. Um, and then once you burn through them, you get some more friends, and uh, it's kind of what it is. Like, how much do you guys now show your, you know, your loved ones magic? I mean, for me, I'm only showing my partner something when it's like I've tested it through all these other people first, and now I'm like, all right, what do you think of it? And then she'll be brutally honest, but it's so that uh, she's not seeing like all the stuff I'm working on but uh i I was showing my wife a card trick right before the podcast so i still show her stuff i'm you know i was gonna say that maybe when you show things maybe you ask her to look at it in a certain way like maybe hey is this moment deceptive hey is this slight deceptive hey honey i'm gonna Mm. do a full presentation for you if you could just pretend you're a real audience so i could get through this and get some stage time, you know, so you kind of approach it different ways. But yeah, I, I still do it. Uh, I, I mean, think you mentioned over- your, your son still likes to see magic Adam. So that's, you know, you still got a few years in that. I feel like <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I, when I did have a girlfriend, I very rarely would show magic to be honest. Um, for me, performing mode is performing mode. Like if I'm working on something, I'm not in an arrogant way, but I'm pretty confident I know where it needs to go, what it needs to be worked on. Um, I mean, I have this camera angle. I can sit here and do basically everything myself. And then I got friends that I'll send a video to and be like, what do you think? But if I'm like really trying to get feedback on performance mode, you know, when I, I said when I put that suit on, it's like I'm putting on a superhero costume. It's just mm. a different person. And to, to really get the feedback I need, I need to be that. And I, would, I could never 
I, I could never see myself being that to like a girlfriend and being like, all right, I'm yeah. really going to go with this now. It just, it's too odd for me. So, yeah. So I hope that, I hope that helps you, Jimmy, and, and to the friends that are hobbyists and or new to magic that are going through a similar phase. The fact Jimmy, that she'll still watch it all. Just find a wife that's a magician. I, unfortunately, I mean, sorry to your current that's, wife. I'm that's sure bad advice. Lovely, lovely lady. That's bad um, advice. Find a juggler or a mime. Yeah, there you, you go. Find a comedian. There. there we go. That's it. That's it. Well, look, we're almost out of time, but Adam- wow, um, this went quick. Yeah, Adam, all of Adam's links are below, Fall Plan Creations and Adam's YouTube, so you can- go down the rabbit hole and, and learn even more and buy all the effects that Doug was praising earlier as well. You'll be um, happy if we'll... you do. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But at the very end, we always give uh, our guests a chance to, you know, spread any kind of short formed uh, advice or thoughts they have. So any, any sort of long lasting uh, message you want to leave with the, with the crew here? Anyone who's, who's, you know, into magic, try your best to not forget how cool what we do is, right? We, we spend hours and decades to learn secrets that we'll never tell anybody so they don't understand how hard this stuff is only to make them feel good. Like that's all magic is. And if you're looking at it for anything other, if you're looking at it for, well, no, it makes me look good. And you're looking at it wrong. Like really we study our lifetime to keep secrets from people so they can feel better and more mysterious about life. So if you ever feel that burnout, which we all do, just remember like at the end of the day, that's what our art form is. Secrets to make people feel better. And that's to me, that's pretty cool. So that's it. Thanks for, thanks for listening. It's time for us. Want to, I didn't want to cut out your talking. I usually, for those watching, know I try and find a, like a nice spot to that end. That was perfect. I was just saying but, thank you for listening. So now that <laughs> we made it all awkward, but thank you for listening. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys. 